0: Father God, we praise you today, Lord. We lift you up. We know that you are the Lord above all lords. And so we praise you. We thank you. We know that you are the one who will guide us and direct us on this path, this race that we are running. Lord, we thank you for those who have come before that we may walk in the the light of your love and for Jesus who gave us the ultimate Life to live and discipleship to give that we may follow in his footsteps. Lead us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a blessing. May be seated. The author of Hebrews has just finished going through what we call the faith chapter in Hebrews, right? Chapter 11 is all about the faith of those who have come before. And he says, and he writes this passage, knowing to the people at the time that persecution is coming. Mm. So it may not be coming to you, but to them it was coming in a very real sense. The government was going to come in and kill those who believed. And so he writes this passage knowing what they're going to face. He wants the readers to be ready for the trauma that they're about to receive. And he doesn't want them to be sympathetic, but to stand with those who have come before. Some of them falling under persecution like they're about to. And some of them not falling under persecution. But all of them walking in faith. That's why he says, therefore, since we also have a large cloud of witness around us. Those who have witnessed the faith and led us in the faith. This passage When I read it, it reads like a stadium. The uh, Holy Olympics, if you will. They're in the stands. And, oh, you look around the stands. And you're down there on the racetrack. You're about to run your race. It may be a 100 meter. It may be a 200 meter. But it has a finish line. And you're getting ready to run your race. And you look over and you see, and you look up and you see around you in the stands. You see those who have come before. You see, see Moses up there in the stands. Moses with his staff that he, he led the people reluctantly, very reluctantly out of Egypt. He said, let my people go. After he said, send someone else about four or five times. But in faith, he was able to lead the people out of Egypt. And he led them in receiving the, um, the Ten Commandments and setting up the tabernacle and setting up the, what will become the nation of Israel. You look up there and you, you see Abel, you know, who was killed after his brother didn't receive high regards because he gave an, a sacrifice of faith and his brother gave a sacrifice. And Abel's there, showing us faith, even though he was killed. We see Noah right there in the, in the audience, right? Noah, who, who had the faith to build a big boat, not in the river, We see Abraham there, right? Abraham and Sarah there. They're probably sitting together. They were together a long time. They're sitting together. They might be hand in hand still. Abraham, they had a child way after they were supposed to be able to have a child. And then he was said, Sacrifice that kid. And he said, well, Lord, if you want me to, I'm going to. And Lot says, you've proved your faith. We might see Enoch up there. Enoch was a man who walked by faith. He has a short life compared to his, his uh, descendant, Melchizedek, who lives over 900 years. But Enoch was taken up to the Lord because he walked with God. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. We could continue on with all those who had gone before. Some of them, we don't even know their names because they weren't recorded, but they were faithful people that walked in the name of God. Your grandpa might be there. Your mother. How about your dad? He's up there in that crowd, all giving witness, showing what faith looks like. That in the time that you are given, in the situation that you live yourself in, whether it be persecution or just day by day walking with God, that we have a race to be run we have a race and it's your time for your race each day our race involves picking up a cross and following after Christ daily walking with him and it says in the passage it says lay every burden or hindrance and sin aside Lay, lay those things aside. That that word there in the Greek weight it can mean like body excess. You know, like we got some of that going on here. But it can also mean like confidence and arrogance, and it's our spiritual things that get us stuck and put us down and weigh us, keep us from running the best race we can. All those things that hinder us. And you can fill in whatever your sin is, whatever your, we'll call it X is, because X is a variable unknown. We'll do some algebra. Some of you guys are like, no algebra, no math. That was from Satan. <laughs> whatever your sin is that you struggle with, That's your hindrance. It says lay that aside. We have to pick up that cross daily and put it that way. We can't be carrying our sin and carrying the cross at the same time. It's too heavy. That cross is heavy enough. Lay that hindrance aside. And be filled with Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to prepare a place for you, but in my stead, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit that's going to come. But we can't let our, the Holy Spirit's not going to come and fill your life if you got all kinds of junk in your life. If you're filling it up with all kinds of junk, well, that Holy Spirit, he's going to be pushed further and further to the side. We have to lay those hindrances aside. You can't bear the extra weight and win this race. Life is heavy enough as it is. says so we put it off. And, we, and I don't know if you guys know anything about track. But if you are running a race and you're looking over here. Where's your feet going to go? They are not going to go straight. They are going to go this way. You ever try to run on a treadmill and watch TV out of this? That's why you turn the treadmill so it's in front of the TV. Because if you're running this way, and your feet are going to fall down. Run the race. And if you're going to win this race, you got to keep your eyes Where? On the prize, which is straight ahead at Jesus Christ, we gotta run the race that Jesus has laid out before us. Said, "I want to stand before you. I've laid out the path that you must walk in faith, and I've given you the witnesses to go before you, so that you can draw strength from their faith." And see where they did right. And see where they did wrong. So that you may not. But you run straight with that faith that is Jesus Christ. And so we must run the race through to the end. And one of the things we struggle with is making sure we cross that finish line. We're running the race. You start out really good. Who remembers when they first accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Who remembers that moment when you felt the warmth of God filling you up? And you were on fire for Christ. And you were in love with Jesus. And you couldn't take your eyes off of Him. Like that first moment you met your spouse maybe. And you couldn't take your eyes off of them. And that's the easy part. The hard part is we got to keep our eyes on them. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus. When our temptation is to, well, I was doing good. And I used to could. And I used to do And then we forget to finish. Because we got to finish strong. And some of you in this room are at the point where you need to finish strong. And you've been going good, but you haven't finished yet. And God's saying, you're not done yet. How do I know you're not done yet? Because you're this side of the grave. When that physical body dies, then you can be done with Him in heaven. Until then, you still got race to run. And your obstacles, the race may look different than it did when you were 20, when you were 10. But you're still got race to run. And so some of you at that point where you're like, I still got race to run, I need to... Pick up my feet and keep my eyes, get, maybe even get my eyes back on Christ. That's what Easter represents for you is an opportunity to say, well, I've been looking over here and I've been traveling down some roads that may not be the race that I need to run. Like your spouse, you first met your spouse and you were couldn't keep your eyes off of them, but then it wasn't long before someone else catch your eyes and you're like, I'm trying to trace my, my spouse. <laughs> you ain't going to keep up if you don't put your eyes back on them. Jesus, we got that race, we got to run. If you're trying to look this way and keep up with the world and see what the world's doing on, you're not going to keep up. You've got to put your eyes back on Jesus. And so we run the race that has been set before us. It says, as the joy of the cross was laid before him. Joy of the cross, that does not sound exciting at all to you, does it? That doesn't sound exciting to me. Joy, the cross was a torture device. That they put people on so they would suffer. And they were good at keeping them alive as long as they could so that they would die nice and slow. And it was shameful and they'd put you up in a hill so that everyone around you could look at your shame. And see the criminals on the cross in their full shame and know that I shouldn't be following that path. But Jesus, it says here in Hebrews that it was the joy of the cross. What's that mean to you? The joy of the cross. you ever think about that? The joy set before him on the cross. Because I know he wasn't thinking about the pain he endured. He even said, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go through it. But Jesus had his eyes fixed on the prize. Fixed on the empty throne that was at the right hand of the Father. That was reserved for him once his victory was complete. So all his enemies would be his footstool. He would... Then commence with the next part of his race, being the high priest that intercedes for us. Means when we mess up, we can claim the blood of Jesus Christ. And God will see the blood of Jesus Christ, not ourselves. And take away the punishment of our sin, which the punishment of our sin is death. The joy for Jesus was the finish line. That prize at the end of the the race, that even though he had to get through this hurdle that was the cross, that's a big one. Most of us won't face that. But yours may look different. Yours may be the battle of cancer that you're going to go through. Yours may be the the loss of a spouse that you're going to have to go through. Yours may be the the battle with uh, just getting old. Or the loss of a son or a daughter. Yours may be the doubt in your life. Yours may be that sin that you just can't seem to get over. And that hurdle... Looks beyond us, but the prize is at the end. For Jesus, it was when sin and hell was defeated. And Jesus was resurrected. And rose from the dead so that he could live with us and walk with us and talk with us. And then raised to be with the Father in heaven. Ascend on the throne and ever since that time Jesus has been serving as the Lord of the church as high priest and intercessor for every believer and this is why we celebrate Easter we celebrate each year this is our opportunity to remember the goal at the end It's what gets us through the difficult times. For Jesus, it was knowing that he would accomplish and all that he would accomplish through the cross. The glory of God, the joy of the Father, the triumph of the Son, the defeat of evil and sin, Satan and hell, the redemption and salvation. The glorification for all his adopted, God's adopted children. Oh, we could keep going. All oh, that the cross did. That's why he says the joy of the cross. Not because he was happy he was going through, because happiness and joy are two totally different things. But because his eyes were fixed on the prize, as should ours. Our eyes should be fixed on the. The end which is on Jesus and run the life with him that he has laid forth. And as we remember the joy of the cross, we also push forward in training ourselves to live the life that follows after Jesus in discipleship. Run the race that has been laid before you, seeking to become more and more like Jesus. And for sometimes that means we have to study and find out who Jesus really is. Not the Jesus you heard about on TikTok. But who Jesus really is. we run the race and we ask ourselves what is our next steps because our next steps isn't just about well did i get across the salvation line that's the beginning of the race if you say well i'm good as soon as i know jesus is my personal savior which is the start of the race you've just started You are not finished yet. That ain't the end goal. That's a starting line. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you haven't even come to the starting point. Your feet aren't ready even on the blocks yet. So your next step may be, I need to get to the starting point and say, I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I believe in Him with my heart, all that I am. confessing confess Him with my mouth, and therefore I will be saved. And I accept that I need to follow Him as He leads. Make Him the Lord of my life. Maybe your next step is, well, I've taken my eyes off of Him. Maybe I've gone down a path I shouldn't have. Or maybe I'm still stumbling down the path I need to be, but my eyes definitely ain't on Him. I'm trying to keep my, you know drive with my eyes in the rear view mirror. You ever tried to drive your car focusing backwards when you're trying to go forward? You're going to be in a ditch really quickly. So maybe your next step is you need to shift perspective and put your eyes on where it needs to be. And that isn't always Easy means we need to cut things out of our lives and say, I'm going to focus on Jesus Christ. I need to fast from certain things in my life. Maybe I need to take a break from YouTube or from the radio. I know some of you guys are still rocking the radio. Maybe I need to put away my computer while I focus in on Christ. That doesn't mean you can't ever use a computer again. But you need to put it aside because it's a hindrance. Until it's no longer a hindrance, maybe you do need to put it aside until it's no longer a hindrance. We need to put aside those hindrances. Put them to death so that we may run the race that is laid out before us with the witnesses around as we study and we, we dream and we follow their example in faith. So what's your next steps today? Because every one of us has a next step. Because unless you're just standing still, which means you're not running the race, you've got a step you have to take. Sometimes our steps are nice and long. Sometimes our steps are nice and short. But we've still got steps to take. And so if you're running a race, what's your next step? What is going to progress you in becoming more like Christ today? I need to forgive. I need to say I'm sorry. I need to drive those things that are hindering me out of my life. Like Jesus did with that whip. You're driving right out of the temple. Your body's the temple. Drive it out. What's your next steps? Father God, I pray right now that as we know we are running a race, that Lord, you would lead us on the path.